I think the Colts are going to take a big step back. Um, I would actually take their under right now. And that's a team and a franchise that I've backed in the past. So, um, you know, I'm just not a I'm just not a Carson Wentz believer. Hey everybody, welcome to Props and Hops, a betting and beer podcast powered by Dimers.com and part of Blue Wire Hustle. I'm Matt Landis and this week's episode is part two of my in-depth conversation with sports handicapper Cleve T.A. We do a deep dive on NFL bets he likes, including one long shot showing value for Offensive Rookie of the Year, two teams he's fading, and three teams he's backing as the 2021 season approaches. And speaking of the 2021 NFL season, we also discuss the Sharp Football Analysis 2021 NFL Preview Book and Cleve T.A.'s role in making it the gold standard for betters seeking an edge this coming season. Plus, we discuss Cleve T.A.'s new site, cleveanalytics.com. It's currently focused on golf, and we touch on how you can use the site to get access to his best information. And of course, we weave in the other pillar of this podcast, the hops, in the form of the booming beer scene in Cleve T.A.'s neck of the woods in Ohio, plus outside the realm of hops, but some well-deserved love for the old-fashioned. Quick heads up, if you missed part one of my conversation with Cleve T.A., you can find it as episode 51 of Props and Hops, released last week, when we explored the pillars of the process behind Cleve T.A.'s best bets, what it's like working with prominent NFL analyst Warren Sharp and consulting NFL coaches and teams themselves, and a look at Cleve T.A.'s background, including how he balances all this with a full-time day job. One housekeeping note before we cut to the interview. If you'd be interested in free picks driven by analytics and thousands of simulations, then head over to the Cutting Edge Quick Pick section at Dimers.com. I've included a link in the show notes so you can see where you want to get down on the Dimers Bot's biggest edges across all the biggest sports. And now, enjoy part two of my conversation with sports handicapper Cleve T.A. In your most recent article for sharpfootballanalysis.com, while it was your most recent piece, it did come in mid-May. You've been a little busy since then with the Sharp Football Analysis 2021 Football Preview Book. We can also touch on that soon. But in this article, it was your early look at futures for teams and players. And just a quick recap, I'll, I'll link to your author page on the site in the show notes so people can check out all the in-depth analysis. But you mentioned looking to fade the Titans. Teams you were backing um, included quick references on Denver and Atlanta, and then going a bit deeper on Jacksonville. And then a couple of long shots in the rookie of the year markets. On offense, Javante Williams, a running back with Denver. And then two long shots on the defensive side, Nick Bolton, the linebacker with the Chiefs, as well as Aziz Ojulari, an outside linebacker, edge rusher with the Giants. So a caveat that since mid-May, as we record this, a lot has changed. Julio Jones has gone from the Falcons on whom you were bullish to the Titans on whom you were more bearish. The market has moved a lot of prices. So with that in mind, do you see any value that still stands out from the time you wrote that piece? Or if there's anything you could add, if given the opportunity to revise some of those thoughts now, given the market movement, what would you say? 
Yeah, you talk about unlucky. Uh, picking two teams, uh, one to back, one to fade, and they trade trade the best player to each other. I mean, that's just like you couldn't find worse luck there. I I actually do still think that Tennessee is is um, fadeable, but because I think that their defense is just atrocious, they didn't really add anything. Um, they actually lost their best cover corner, Malcolm Butler, um, and didn't really. Uh, they replaced it with Jonoris Jenkins, who's kind of a high volatile uh, corner. Um, they, they signed Bud Dupree to be their big free agent pickup. He's a guy coming off a torn ACL who, you know, was overrated from, you know, looking at PFF metrics. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't necessarily hit their under, but it's not a team that I think is a, you know, Super Bowl quality team that you'll start hearing about. And also I think the Derrick Henry, um, fade is, is pretty big. I mean, the guys, the number of carries that he's picked up, like, I know he's superhuman, but that just, you know, history tells us this is the year he's going to start falling off a cliff. So, um, but you know, it's not necessarily my favorite pick for, uh, anymore. And, you know, same with the Falcons losing Julio Jones is a, um, probably didn't help, but I, I do actually think that it's kind of overvalued what, um, it, kind of his impact on the team. I mean, they actually, if you look at the last handful of games last year when he was officially out, out, because what you'll see is uh, people will post, especially like a lot of the fantasy guys, they'll post um, Matt Ryan stats or his splits when Julio played and versus without, but you got to throw that out the window. I mean, in the early in the season, like he was in and out of the lineup a lot. There was, he's questionable every single time. And then all of a sudden would, um, you know, pop up as, oh, he's out for this game. Like, how do you prepare as an offense when you don't know? your best receiver who's going to get like 10 plus targets a game um, is going to play or not. Like you can't really adjust on the fly very well. So he struggled. Matt Ryan did early in the year. And they also faced a lot of the toughest defenses in the games early on that um, Julio was out. So it was kind of, it's kind of, again, small sample size theater. And when you look at later in the year at Matt Ryan actually threw seven touchdowns and no interceptions against twice against Tampa and one against Kansas city, you know, three good pass defenses. Um, they actually should have won all three of those games. Um, they ended up uh, losing all three um, in close games. So, um, and and Matt Ryan actually had a couple of 300 yard games. So he's, he, I think he's going to be okay. So um, opposite of that, though, I actually think that uh, you know one team I didn't mention in that piece is the Jaguars um, as a kind of longer shot to win the AFC South. I think that the AFC South is a really weak division outside of Tennessee, not being one of my favorite teams. I think the Colts are going to take a big step back. Um, I would actually take their under right now. And that's a team that, and a franchise that I've backed in the past. So, um, you know, I, I'm just not a, I'm just not a Carson Wentz believer. Um, you know, his numbers really are were atrocious last year. I mean, he ranked 38th in EPA per play and 37% or 37th in completion percentage over expectation. Um, you know, if you look historically, um, look at guys that, that really had kind of MVP caliber seasons, like he had in 2017, and then, uh, also had, um, kind of sub 70, 75 quarterback rating, uh, seasons also in their twenties. Like it doesn't really happen that they come back. Um, the only other guy I can think of, uh, when I did my research that, um, kind of fit that narrative was Nick Foles. Like there really isn't any. Um, other situation where a guy has kind of, you know, has been so volatile. And when you look back, if you dig a little bit more into his 2017 season, you can see it's pretty much a mirage. I mean, he was number one in EPA per drop back um, on third downs and fourth downs. Like it, he was a third down machine. Um, he made some, I mean, he was unbelievable on third downs. Now that's not totally sustainable. He was only 23rd. If you look at the early downs and you look at the rest of his career, he's only finished in the top half in the NFL and EPA uh, per drop back once um, uh, in his career. 
So like he really just that one very specific category in one very specific season um, outside of that, he's been a mediocre or bad quarterback. And so I don't have any faith that he's going to be better than mediocre at best. Um, I don't think that they did anything on the, on the left side of that line uh, with the loss of Anthony Costanzo, who's been top 21 pass blocking tackle by PFF in every season since 2014, you know, he retired. They signed Eric Fisher who's coming off a torn Achilles, not going to be able to play till mid season, maybe. And even then, you know, the guy is kind of a middling tackle again, if you look at PFF grades. So, I'm not really um, buying the Colts. Uh, they also have, if you look at the beginning of the season, the first eight games, they face six teams that are favored to make the playoffs and a seventh team in Miami that has a win total of, you know, of nine. So really, really tough start to the season. And if things go down quickly, you know, based on the draft pick that they would owe the Eagles based on playing time with Carson Wentz, I could see them, you know, if they start off, you know, three and five or two and six and really don't have a shot at the playoffs, like he will be benched because they don't want to give up a first round pick. So um, that's a team that that I would fade. I think the Jags are kind of a long shot to win that division at eight to one. Um, you know, historically, you've seen uh, coaches, uh, college coaches make that jump to the pros and, you know, they don't eventually last a lot of times. Um, you know, they, they do have that kind of one year big jump um, in win total. And then they kind of fall back. But if you look, um, you know, the last seven college head coaches to make the jump to the pros near, average nearly four wins um, uh, extra the next year than they had the prior year. Three actually made the playoffs in their first season. And you're talking about some pretty bad teams that are on that list and some pretty bad coaches, um, you know, Greg Schiano, for example. Um, so, you know, I think you get that kind of immediate bump, no matter what you think of Urban Meyer. He is a, he is a motivator. You know, I think that you could see kind of a, a one-year or two-year kind of um, a bump from that team uh, from that perspective. And then, you know, they were one in six in one-score games last year. Since 2016, there have been 12 teams who finished with a um, one-score game win percentage below 20%, and those teams in aggregate won over 40% of their one-score games in next season. So, you know, expect them to increase their, their close game uh, win percentage. Um, you know, they lost a bunch of close games last year. You obviously had Trevor Lawrence. I think I, I, I like the addition of Marvin Jones and Travis Etienne to that offense. They also have the eighth easiest schedule if you look at current win total. So all of that with kind of a weak, weak uh, division, I think that the Jags, if Trevor Lawrence is the real deal, they have a shot to win, you know, nine games that could win the division. <laughs> so um, those are a couple of uh, win totals. Are like, I mean, I had Denver, again, you followed me for a while. I was banging the drum on Denver in February before there were any Aaron Rodgers rumors just because of that roster was just loaded. I think it's a top five roster outside of quarterback. Um, I thought there was a chance. I actually uh, bet their um, AFC odds at 25 to one and then the uh, Super Bowl odds at 66 to one or 70 to one back in February because I thought that they would go after Deshaun Watson. I thought they were a perfect candidate. Um, now that didn't happen obviously for, for the stuff that's going on off the field, but then that kind of moved to Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> so you just went from one star quarterback to another. Um, I actually, even with Teddy brought Bridgewater, I would take over eight and a half. I'm okay with that. I think the defense is going to be loaded. I think they have the best secondary in the NFL. They have the most top 100 PFF um, graded defenders of any roster in the NFL, any starting roster in the NFL, uh, which, you know, could be a surprise for some people. They, they get back Cortland Sutton who's their best receiver last year. Jerry Judy. I mean, he was a victim of Drew Locke just being horrible. Um, I think he had like the worst um, on uh, target uh, catchable pass 
percentage of any receiver in the league. Like he just, I mean, he didn't have a lot of good catch numbers because the, the throws were just horrible. I mean, Drew Locke couldn't even make a simple throw. I mean, he was, he was 33rd in um, short um, throw percentage based on PFF's numbers. Um, Teddy Bridgewater was actually number one. So as, as bad as people rang on him from not throwing the ball downfield, he's very accurate, at least on the short ball. And he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. And with that defense and they have, um, uh, the second, I think the second easiest schedule in the NFL. Like, I think they can easily win 10 games, even with Teddy Bridgewater. With Aaron Rodgers, they're to me, there's there's a second Super Bowl team behind um Kansas City. So, uh, I still like them as a as an over. And within that, Javante Williams, I talked about all the metrics, um, with rookie of the year. You know, if you're not going to take a quarterback running back, um, pass round one, um, makes a lot of sense, you know, historically. Um, there have been, uh, uh, let's see, since 1995, there've been five, five of the 13 running backs who won rookie of the year were drafted outside of round one. Um, and if you're outside of round one, there's only one other guy who's been drafted, um, outside of the top three rounds. So it's really a top three round running back. If you're going to go that route, um, who's won rookie of the year, I think that the team's going to be good. Like I mentioned, I think that he's going to get the ball a lot in the fourth quarter. If you're up a lot, obviously you run the ball a lot late in games. Teddy Bridgewater throws short a lot. Um, you know, he, he was one of the leaders in, um, target percentage to running backs, uh, when he was with the saints. So he's going to dump the ball off. So I think, you know, Williams could get catches that way. Um, I don't think Melvin Gordon will even make the team. I think there's a chance he could either be cut or traded. He, you know, he doesn't make a, his guaranteed money is only a couple million, but um, you know, they can save some, some money on the salary cap by cutting him in, in camp. And so I think that's a possibility they'll pave the way for Williams. And so um, I think all of that, and you look at PFF grades or whatever you think of them. I mean, he was, I think he, he has the highest broken tackle rate of any college player entering the NFL uh, in their database. So, and that to me is, is, huge because that's irrespective of your offensive line that's purely like are you making tacklers miss are you breaking tackles if you have even a decent offensive line you could really um you know produce even bigger numbers so i think all of that at 20 to 1 i think i had it at 25 to 1 uh back when i wrote that article it's 20 to 1 i see on DraftKings shop around i think 20 to 1 is the absolute cutoff i wouldn't go lower than that but um i think he certainly if you're not going to take lawrence you're going to take um, Wilson or Fields, I think I would go Javante Williams. I think that's good value there. Yeah, well, there is a lot there. I think uh, I wanted to touch on the 2021 football preview. We'd be remiss not to mention your role in writing that book and um, just giving a brief overview of it. I mean, there is a there's a free chapter on the Cowboys, and I can think of what you just described with Denver or Jacksonville or all these other teams. The amount of insight has got to be unparalleled. So there's a reason this book is a five-time Amazon bestseller. The depth of analysis is simply staggering, and it's clear why it's a gold standard for betters. So I would love it if you could just, yeah, give a quick overview of the book and your role in writing it. And for anybody who wants to see that free chapter on the Cowboys, I'll make sure that there's a link to get that in the show notes as well. Yeah, I mean, Warren's done a great job. He's been writing this book for a number of years, even before he had a team of, um, you know, uh, of writers. So, um, you know, he he goes deep. I mean, I saw the if you look at the preview for Dallas, I mean, it's like 10 pages long. He does that for every team. It's like 400 pages. You've got everything you could possibly want in terms of data, um, just everything and, and a lot of actionable info. There's fantasy football profiles. You know, we talk about um, win totals. So what I did. Um, for this book. It's the first time I've written for this book. Um, I went through all 32 teams. I made a case as to why they 
could go over their win total, made a case why they would go under their win total, because you can do that with any of these uh, teams theoretically, right? Because there's got to be two sides to every coin um, in the betting market. And so I made the case each way. Like, can you find a, a reason to, you know, a couple of reasons on each side? So I did that. Um, we'll go in more depth at, you know, as some of the stuff that I just talked about uh, on the site. I'll, I'll, um, I'll be expanding some of those thoughts from the book into what the sides that we actually um, want to bet or are going to bet or have bet um, that we think still have value. So I will do that on the site. But for the book, I did that for all 32 teams, uh, which is really, really, <laughs> it was really in depth. I, like, I, I wanted to make it as um, impactful as possible to give everybody a chance to think about which way they want to go and, and kind of the reasons why um, each team can kind of hit the hit their win total uh, either way. Um, so that's what that was my um, uh, contribution. It took a lot of work, took multiple weeks to do that. Um, but it was great. It was a good experience. But uh, Warren's got so much information on there. And we have uh, on top of the win totals, which is new, um, you know, we've got uh, a deep dive into the, the rookie class for every team. We actually did um, a couple of the writers, uh, including myself, did a, um, a ranking of all the positional units for every team with analysis. So that will be in there. So, I mean, there are so, there's so much information uh, that you can get out of this. It's almost information overload, but uh, that book should be coming out next week. Um, so, you know, follow myself, follow Warren um, on Twitter and you'll get the kind of the book release info. Uh, but it's just, it's a ton of information and it's under 30 bucks, I believe. So um, pretty good value. Um, you can read in your off season while you're laying on the beach and uh, hanging out at the pool or whatever you want to do. So uh, it, it's just got tons of information. Really excited for it. Yeah, and I, I'm excited to hear about your specific role because what stood out to me from reading that free preview chapter on the Cowboys was actually a pretty painful reminder from some bets early last season. Their brutal turnover luck prior to Dak Prescott's injury in week five. I just feel like every play I watched the Cowboys on offense when I had any kind of bet on them, they were fumbling the ball. And it turns out that while they were second in success rate on offense, they were only 17th in EPA per play, largely for that reason, leading the league in turnovers when Dak was healthy eight fumbles being the second most in the league, only recovering one of those. And then uh, my takeaway being, well, I haven't bet their 2021 regular season win total over. That definitely gives me some pause if I were to consider their under. And I think that's a, a big point you laid out is just making the case for both sides for each team. Because, you know, if anybody's narrow-minded, they can make a case for any one of the 32 teams. And really, if you're betting more than a handful of season win totals, you might be overextending yourself. So keeping that open mind and being aware that things really could go either way for pretty much all 32 teams. Yeah, and I think it just gives you, like I said, just if you as a better want to read it and say, wow, I didn't even think about this. Let me dig a little deeper. and Or maybe I just don't think it's as impactful as maybe, um, you know, I do. Um, but, you know, it just gives you, it should just give you, I think for any bet, you should look at both sides. Like, I think that's a very um, strong um, way to look at any bet. Like, you can't just look at, can't just go blind. First of all, you can't have a bias going in because that will really blind you, right? But looking at why this bet is, why the line is what it is, like what are, you know, what are they seeing um, on each side of the coin? Because there's going to be, it's a two-way market. There's people betting both sides or, um, you know, they, they produce a really, really bad line. So there's got to be reasons that both sides exist. So being able to at least see that and see why I think is, is helpful. And then as the season goes along, you know, maybe some of those regression numbers haven't hit yet. So like, let's say some of that fumbling stuff happens again early in the year. You know that that eventually we know that the fumble luck does turn around. It just always does. Um, so maybe you say, okay, well, you know, the first five or six games, they really got unlucky again. Like let's, maybe there's, there's value in there 
you know, if they start off cold, that there's value in their division win to, you know, the division bet, or, you know, you can make a future bet based on that. So, you know, at least having that information there, you can go back and refer to and see kind of how the season goes along and um, whether the, the, some of that regression has hit yet or has not yet, you know, hit or some of the stuff that we talked about on both sides of the coin, uh, you know, play out or doesn't play out, I think is, is going to be helpful. Absolutely. Well, uh, just uh, one more quick sports question to throw your way. I want to give a chance to also plug what I, I think is some new work you're doing in golf with Cleve Analytics. Um, you have a, a newly pinned tweet linking to a strokes gained golf sheet. So I'd be curious as to anything you could share about the site and, and how your golf betting process could also add some value to people following you. Yeah. So it's funny that I've had, um, I dabbled many years ago in, in just kind of writing, I would write articles on the draft, both NFL and NBA and some March Madness stuff. And so I had like a WordPress site uh, that I had just kind of generic. And um, I have a buddy who manages his wife's online uh, shop account. Um, she's got an online clothing store. So he knows how to build a website and e-commerce very quickly. So I said, Hey, look, I've always wanted to do this. Like, can you build me a site pretty quick? And he said, yeah. So he did it in like a couple hours. And I said, well, you know, I, I've been, you know, developing, um, I use a lot of data when it comes to golf. And I talked about the filter in the universe um, and strokes gain data is out there. Like there's some really good websites that, um, that good resources that is free, but they don't aggregate the data very well um, for the free users. They don't, um, they only give you kind of season long data. They don't give you um, kind of a, um, a shorter recent form, which I think is important with golf. Um, you know, enough sample size for it to matter, but you know, what happened in November and October and December, probably, or even January may not matter anymore. They may, their game may be completely reversed. So I look at the last 16 PGA events. It's a very specific time frame. I look at only um, the uh, players in this week's events. Um, and then I look at all the different strokes gained uh, metrics and I rank them by the field, um, the current field. And I also use a consistency metric which essentially how often are you um, producing a positive strokes gained in each of the categories for every event? Um, and it really helps. It helps me from a betting perspective, because even if the, the, the players don't win for DFS, for pools, for top 10 bets, like if a guy is, is 10 for 10 in positive strokes gained overall in his last 10 events, like I feel pretty comfortable. It's not a guarantee, but like that's a guy who's consistently producing good numbers. He may not win every time, but he's going to produce good numbers. Help me get Brian Harmon last week, for example. He was 10 for 10 going into that. Um, he was at 100% going into last week's event. Bet his top 10 pretty hard. I bet him to win. He didn't win, but he finished third. And it was, it was an easy top 10 you know, win at uh, like plus 350. Like that type of stuff really helps. And I think you know, people push back on it. It was the first time I ever sold anything kind of betting related. I didn't give any advice on it. There weren't picks on there. It's just information that is aggregated very nicely into a sheet that you can sort however the user wants to sort. They can look up whatever they want. Um, it's not available for free really anywhere. So I just thought hey, I use it. I put a lot of work into it. If someone wants it for 10 bucks, they can have it. Um, I got some pushback, which, you know, gambling Twitter is in its own universe when it comes to stuff like that. I'm not a tout. I'm not selling picks. I'm just, it's a tool that I use. Someone was interested in, in having it, they can have it. Um, so anyway, make a long story short, I have that website created um, that is kind of an offshoot of my old, um, 
uh, kind of um, articles on March Madness, the NFL, the NBA, you know, may start writing a little bit more in the future. I don't know. I just wanted to have a website there. And at the same time, you know, maybe I'll put up some of this golf data uh, that could be available to, to people who are interested. So um, I, and the Cleve Analytics is just a name that I just came up with out of thin air yesterday. It wasn't anything I've been thinking of. And it's not like any sort of um, big announcement. It's just something I've always wanted to have. And I had a buddy who knows how to do it. So uh, put that up there. But I think the golf, really the big takeaway for golf was similar to what I was talking about before in terms of filtering the universe. If you can eliminate as much fat as you can, as much risk as you can, give yourself a universe that's um, universe of golfers that um, really you can hone in on the characteristics that make sense for, for that week's event. That's the best thing you could do. Um, so that's the best advice I have for golf. Um, really find the guys that you know, you think have a higher probability of at least having a shot to make the cut and then potentially winning or going top 10 uh, based on whatever metrics you, you uh, want to use. But get, get yourself a nice bucket, a nice universe of players to really um, dig, dig deeper on is really the biggest advice I have. Yeah, well, congratulations on getting that site off the ground. And I look forward to seeing what's in store for it as uh, myself and probably a lot of others look forward to following you beyond the NFL and, and digging a little bit deeper into golf. Yeah, and I might put some some like NBA draft content I talked about before. I might put a you know some of the the findings I have his, from historical um, some of the advanced numbers and characteristics that make good players <laughs> in the last 10, 20 years. Um, I might put some draft uh, stuff in there as well. So I just wanted to have a placeholder. So that's what that's for. So uh, be on the lookout if I have enough time to do that. I'll I'll try to do that. Awesome. Well, yeah, we'll keep our sights set on that. Um, if we could maybe wrap it up with like a, a 30 second quick hitter, the other pillar of the show, bringing in the hops. Um, would you describe yourself as much of a beer drinker or is there anything in the in the scene out in the Midwest that's really come through recently that's uh, promising on the beer alcohol side of things? Yeah, I would say I was a, a lot more of a beer drinker back when I was not married and an advocate. Um, uh, more of a social drinker. But, um, I, I, you know, when I do drink beer and I am out, um, you know, there are some local breweries um, that have popped up in Cleveland and Ohio the last handful of years um, that produce some really good beer. There's a there's a beer um, out of Fatheads called Bumbleberry, which I know it's it's a berry beer, but it's not very fruity, but it has just enough hint of a berry flavor, which I love. Um, I love uh, blueberries, especially. It's got enough of a hint that like I really it's really refreshing. Um, it's not a not a low content alcohol beer by any means, uh, but that's one that I like. And the, there's Columbus IPA, um, hence the name Columbus uh, down south, that uh, south for me that um, that I like uh, as well as a good IPA. But I'm really, you know, lately I've been more of a um, uh, old fashioned drinker. Uh, you know, if I'm, you know, especially during the pandemic on uh, those random Friday nights with a with a screaming baby, I'll go uh, make myself a um, a uh, an old fashioned, but. Uh, you know, learning more and more about uh, bourbon um, and the different types. I know there are some bourbon lovers out there who can probably talk a lot more about it than me. But th that's probably my drink of choice these days is just kind of a nice, you know, glass of uh, glass of bourbon uh, in an old fashioned drink. So uh, those are probably the, the best I can do for you, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I would say I'm fortunate to get that insight. I mean, it sounds like three for three between Fatheads, Columbus or, or pretty much any old fashioned. So I, I would love it if one day when I'm in that area again, maybe we could uh Cheers to one of those together and root in some good bets. But uh, at this point, I'd love to plug your work and we can get on out of here on Twitter at Cleve TA, the Sharp Angles podcast, a couple websites, sharpfootballanalysis.com. And I'll put a link in the show notes so people can order the 2021 football preview. Also, cleveanalytics.com. Is there anything I'm missing or anything else you'd like to add? 
No, that's uh, that's pretty much. You can find me. Uh, a lot, put everything up on Twitter. So my Twitter handle is probably good enough. But I appreciate you uh, including those sites. So uh, looking forward to the football season and as much golf in the meantime. So uh, those are the two things I'm looking forward to. So I appreciate it. All right. Well, Cleve TA, once again, thank you so much for being so generous with your time and insight. And I can't wait for everybody to get to hear this. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Goodbye. Thanks again to Cleve TA. If you enjoyed our conversation, the number one way you can support Props and Hops is to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. All right. That'll do it for this episode of Props and Hops. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next week. And until then, let's bet well, let's drink well, And let's be well. NBA playoffs are heating up, and thanks to Dimers.com's partnership with DraftKings, new customers who bet $1 on any basketball team can get $150 in free bets if their team wins. Here's how it works in three steps. Step one, head to dkng.co slash Dimers and create your new DraftKings Sportsbook account. Step two, make a deposit of $5 or more and a Moneyline bet of at least $1 on any NBA game for the rest of the playoffs. Step three, if your team wins, you'll be issued a $150 bonus. So get in on the action at dkng.co slash dimers. You can find a link in the show notes. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537 in Illinois. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, or Michigan. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia, or call or text Tennessee Redline at 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. 21 plus New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Indiana, Iowa, Colorado, Illinois, Tennessee, Michigan, and Virginia only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Minimum $1 wager. One per user. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details.